Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Little Green Pasture. Praise the Lord. It's another day to sow the words of light. All of us are sowers, really. If you're in love with Jesus Christ and his light abides in you, then you're sowing his life into the lives of this world, letting your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I look at every day as an opportunity, no matter what is happening, to rejoice always. And in the dark seasons of light, of life, I can recall those words, though I sit in darkness, your light is light around me. For darkness and light are both alike to you, O Lord. Amen. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm going to pray and I'm going to let his living waters flow forth out of my belly to a thirsty world. Dearest Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning your servant of your love. And I come to you with my whole heart, with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength, because all that I am always tends towards you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. And I pray that you will bless this message in me. For I ask you, Lord God, as I lift up my own self to you as your as your vessel to make me a vessel that's not just filled to the brim but a fountain being opened up within me that flows and where you lead me i will follow anoint this message for your name's sake and holy spirit touch my heart and touch the hearts of everybody that will listen to this and keep away Satan's crows, that you bind them back, that the words today that will be sown into the hearts of those that are understanding, that Satan will not be able to come and take away those seeds sown, but that all hearts, Lord, will be the good soil that receives the seed of your word and will bear some 30, some 60, some 100 unto you, Father. To God be the glory, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, every, every now and then there's going to be something that's going to come down into our life, to your life, into everybody's life, and we've all experienced something suddenly happening to us. There's all these different little suddenly happenings, but I'm talking when something suddenly happens that shakes us up we didn't expect it it came out of nowhere we couldn't imagine and it's like really in a way it's like a sucker punch you know you get hit and you're off balance for a while until you can get your bearings and something happened yesterday which it's just my personal life and everything will be fine but something sudden happened that I didn't expect. 
and it wasn't good news. Now we're all healthy. We're fine. Like I said, it's nothing to really ask me about. It's just personal family business, but I mean, it left me like a jar. Like I was sitting there like, what, what was this? What? And throughout the whole day, we were scrambling. We were running around doing all these things. And by the evening I started to, I felt so, uh, unraveled, stressed out. Now my human part of me is normally we have a human part of us that's going to feel a sudden thing and our humanity part of ourself is going to respond to that with stress and maybe emotions going too high and tempers flaring words spoken that are not uh they're not natural to us we don't speak like that and i'm not even talking about foul language it can be where maybe out of tension you're speaking strongly or harshly because you're so stressed out. Well, by the end of the day, that night before I went to bed, I said to myself, wow, it's been a long time since I've had a sudden fear come to me. And I said to myself, you need to calm down. You need to get quiet. You need to keep yourself under the cross and keep a quiet heart and a quiet spirit before the Lord. And I've been a fighter my whole life. And I know, I know, it's just been a long time since I've experienced that. Well, when I woke up this morning, it was one of those rare mornings that I felt the power from on high within me already when I got up. And so I got up and I went out into my living room and it, I was awake and I was alive. And, but the interesting thing is, is I was quiet. In my younger years, I'd go out with a fist in the air and some strong words. But in my old age, that wasn't there. Now, can it be there? Sure. I suppose if something is necessary within me that I feel like I want to blast out, I'll do it. But that wasn't there. I I remembered. I sat there as I prayed and it was like a weaving in and out of my mind. All the sudden terrible things. And yet the spirit of God was weaving through it all and working you know i want to find something that i had read that i had uh not read written in my bible because there was a moment and i have it dated november 4th 2021 and this is what i wrote while i was meditating I thought about my life the other day. I remembered nothing but decades of long battles and wars and losses. Then I thought of Jesus who was with me all the time. I could see now from this vantage point, the wonderful in the terrible. Jesus, my companion and my guide now and forevermore.
And before now, I just remembered right now, before I wrote that, as I was reminiscing about the worst darkness of my life. But yet from this vantage point, I said, the wonderful and the terrible. And there is the wonderful and the terrible. Because though I was fighting for my life and fighting for this and fighting for that and wars on every side, and I'm in the skirmish, I'm in the battle, I'm in the throwdown, I'm in the fight for my life, and I mean decades of it. And then like King Solomon's kingdom, God gave him rest around about him from all his enemies in his kingdom. And there's other mentions of other kings and how they were righteous and how God gave them rest, like Josiah and others. They did the right things in the Lord, though they still had to fight. But there came a day that, that God gave them rest round about them from their enemies. And I remember that. But you see, yesterday, there was something that woke me up. And shook me up. But after half a day of that stress, I said, I'm not going that way anymore. You see, all those years of fighting produced a peace in me. But that peace was costly. It was strengthened in the war. Now, I'm speaking to some of you, maybe one person out of all of you. But I believe the Lord wants me to speak to you. Whoever you are, I can't see you, but you can see me. And, and don't hear me, hear him in this. I'm only the messenger. You see, there's sudden things that happened around us all the time. But to see Jesus, there's nothing sudden with Jesus, only to us. Because he saw it coming. We didn't see it coming. And we're knocked off balance. Our enemies gloat and rejoice over us. The enemy empowering them or, or the enemy blowing something up over here. And whatever the sudden fear is. But it is in these fights that you gain strength and power, and there's just no other way. And the Lord orchestrates and allows these things, though that may be really hard for you to hear, it is the truth. He's in control of your life. There is no war, there's no battle, there's no fight, there's no anything that is leveled against you. That Jesus Christ is not aware of and did not know that it was coming. Oh, sure, there's a lot of people out there that would say, I mean, this, this talk can go into a thousand different directions, but I can't possibly do that. But I'm here in the name of Jesus Christ, your Lord, our master, my Lord too. Solomon says in Proverbs 3, 25 through 26, be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken i'll tell you the wonderful and the terrible became something that is carved in my heart and i pray it will be in yours too because in all the dirty things that are happening to you 
and all the mean things people are doing to you and all the backstabbing people are doing to you and all the losses you're having and all the fighting that you're doing. And as long as you're doing it in the Lord, God is with you. He is with you in those battles, though you cannot feel his presence. You see, when I was young and I read, Be Not Afraid of Sudden Fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh, for the Lord shall be thy confidence. I was white knuckling that, that verse when terrible things were all of a sudden blowing up on this side or that side, bad news coming in over the phone. I felt like I went down like an accordion. And no matter how much I tried to white knuckle on those words, I could not stand up. But I can certainly tell you that whatever it is that you are going through right now, and your enemy is stronger than you, it seems like, and that this, this fight, this war keeps gaining advantage over you, it's only making you stronger. Yes, the enemy gets involved. Yes, and sometimes the enemy is not involved sometimes people don't need the help of satan to be wicked but then at times their wickedness is empowered by satan and after all at the end of the day is not the sin of pride the sin of arrogance the sin of backstabbing and gossiping which is according to moses is the shedding of innocent blood and so we're being attacked on every side. And if it doesn't, if you're not being attacked right now on every side, there's going to be something that comes in your life that will come suddenly that you did not expect. And when that happens, you'll remember these words. Now, let me share something. There's something I've been praying about that's always gripped my heart and grabbed a hold of me. And makes me feel afraid. I'll just be honest. Everybody has that. When you look at some future thing and go, oh no, and then you're praying in that fear, but it's the wrong fear, you know, and you're, oh Jesus, I pray when that happens. Oh Lord God, if that happens. And that's, that's just what we are. We're weak. Okay. He is strong. But one day, just in a passing thought, a couple days ago, my mind went into some future scenario and I began to think, oh, you know, because that's usually, oh, Lord, I pray for that day. I pray when that happens. But before my mind even got even into, into that, I heard a heavenly voice say within me, he's already there. And do you know I heard that just like that? And I went through the next couple of days about other things that were just coming into my mind about life. And I kept hearing the echo of that heavenly voice say to me, he's already there. He's already there too. And I had a comfort. I mean, a real comfort that was not my own. And I breathed a sigh of relief. Yes, there is something that I have to work out and it's going to be hard and it is super, super stressful. But Christ met me this morning in his strength. You know, we're all familiar with Esther's words, if I perish, I perish. You know, Esther, we know the story of Esther. And if you haven't read it, you really should. 
but she became queen of a heathen king. She was Jewish. And word got to her that all the Jews would perish. And her uncle Mordecai said to her, um, this is what is going to, this is what's going to happen to all the people unless you go to your your husband, the king, and you let him know what's what's going on. And, you know, she said, I, I think it was like, not I think the story was, is that he said, and if you don't do that, know that you yourself will perish. Because if you don't, if you don't rise up and do this thing by going to the king, Ahasuerus, you're going to perish too. But God will arise, cause help to arise from somewhere else out of Israel. And so she said, you go and you fast and pray and so will me and my maidens. For three days, she said, and if I perish, I perish. See, something happens in that war. You first get attacked. Your, your external person explodes with it because we're in this body, in this world, and it's natural that we're going to feel that. But you see years of fighting and warring dig down deep into you like the deep rivers of the chasms of the Grand Canyon. And those rivers, those spiritual rivers of power, they run deep. And we tap into that because it, the Holy Spirit brings to our remembrance the wonderful in the terrible. Though we didn't know the wonderful then, but we saw the hand of God. But the looking back and in the rest around us, in our little kingdoms around us, we remember. This was Esther's first go around, but she realized it's going to be my death. I, you know, if I, it's like that's that scripture in Romans uh, 14, 8. If we live, we are the Lord's. If we die, we are the Lord's. Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. So whether we live or die, right, we are the Lord's. We're the Lord's people. You're the Lord's daughter. You're the Lord's son. You're not, you're not part of, you're in this world, but you're not of this world anymore. Though the world tries to chip away at you and and break you down through human agents and and this and that and all these different things, God's so far greater beyond your enemies and beyond the wicked one. David said, the Lord delivered me from my enemy who was too strong for me. You see, God watches every single thing. And, you know, a lot of times, like with Esther, he orchestrated all of that. She was an orphan. She was taken care of by her uncle. There was a contest made for the most beautiful woman. And she was chosen. She became queen. But you see, God orchestrated all of that because he was already there. He was way, way ahead because he knew that wicked Haman, which, by the way, Mordecai would not bow to Haman. Did you know that scholars, and I, I really did this study, it's more than that. No, I'm not bowing to you because you're wicked. Not bowing to you. I, I believe Mordecai, there's, there, is an, there is a bowing that uh, 
that we could do. Well, I'm going to put it in the Middle Eastern terms that you're just showing honor, but you're not. It's not a worship bow. Haman wanted that kind of bowing before him. But what you may not know is Haman's robe had a big embroidered image of his God. He was an Agagite and the Jews failed to wipe them off the earth like God told them to. And he became a, he lived on, he came through the generations and here he is, Ahasuerus's right-hand man with his God on his garment. So to be, to literally, Haman took it that to bow before him wasn't that you were honoring him and he was offended that you didn't honor him, is that by bowing to Haman, you were bowing to his demon God. And isn't that the way Satan does it? I kind of see it that way on people that are attacking or evil or things like that. I say, I'm not bowing. I'm not bowing to any of that. See, because Satan is a spirit of fear. He wants to put you in such mortal fear that you fall down on his, on your face out of fear. But I'll tell you something. God will orchestrate things around you or allow things to happen, though it does not make any bit of sense to you. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus will have the last word. Jesus will have the very final rubber ink red stamp a victory upon your life. Know that for sure. Have confidence in Christ. Another thing I want to bring up in 2 Samuel 17, 8, when David had fled with his men uh, up the mount of Mount Olivet when Absalom usurped his throne, that one of his companions came to him in the wilderness. His name was Hushai. David asked him, what are you doing here, Hushai? You shouldn't be with us. You're going to endanger your life. Save your life. Go on. He said, no, but I'm going to go over to the, your son, who is now the king, who's made himself king. And I'm going to pretend that I am for him. And I'm going to find out what's going on. And then I'm going to give uh, Jonathan and I forgot the other uh, Jonathan and someone else. These two priests sons, I'm going to tell them what's going on and then they'll get word to you. So Hushai became a spy. And he shows up before Absalom, but before he shows up before Absalom, Ahithophel, the counselor, even the dearest friend of David, and David, it says of Ahithophel, his words were listened to as if they were the oracles of God. And so Absalom, at, so Ahithophel comes to Absalom and says, you know what I need? You know what we need to do? We, I, we, we need to go to war against your father and he needs to be killed. And if you will give unto me soldiers and weapons, we will come upon your father, who by now is weak, and he's somewhere out in the wilderness, and we'll come upon him while he's weak, and we will overtake him, and we will kill him. And right when he said that, Hushai walks in, and Absalom asks him, what are you doing here, Hushai? Why aren't you with your friend? And he said, well, I feel that it's better to be here. And he said, really, well, Hithophel just said such and such, but what do you say about it? And he said, the council of Hithophel is not good at this time. 
He says, for thou knowest thy father and his men, that they be mighty men, and they be chafed in their minds as a bear robbed of her whelps in the field. And thy father is a man of war and will not lodge with the people. But the part that I am pulling out where it says, you know your father and his men, that they be mighty men. And if they be chafed in their minds, they're going to be like a robbed, a, a bear robbed of her whelps in the field. Have you ever seen a bear go completely crazy destroying a male bear? You see fierceness like it is so beyond. It's, it's like it's terrifying. See, these were old men. And so it's interesting how Ahithophel has no fear of that. But he's telling Absalom, you know your dad. You know what kind of a man he is. You really want to do this? See, because war shapes you. Trials shape, shape you. Battles form you. They make you unflabby spiritually. You, you develop even a mind of war, though, even though you go on with your regular life and whatever it is you're doing, if something in your old age and through years of war, you see, it's like he says, if you'd be chafed in your mind, see, they're not young men anymore. They're not like jumping up and down, jumping up and saying like uh, that story where, uh, what was the name of that man? Um, Amasa. Amasa's men and Joab's men were both, they had their army, like men, they were in an arena and they were doing these war games. And the youngest brother of Joab, Asahel, he was following in that arena. I believe it was Amasa. Feel free to correct me. And Amasa turns around and looks at, he looks at Joe, he looks at Asahel, and he goes, what are you doing? Why are you chasing me? And he kept chasing him. He kept following him around like he was not going to let up. And you're looking at this war, this general, and you're looking at this young man. And he was powerful for as far as I know, according to what Chronicle says about him. He was a powerful warrior. One of the three brothers, Joab, Abishai, and Asahel. Those were David's cousins, his sister's sons. And finally, Amasa looks at David and says, tell him to, looks at Jake, sorry, you guys, he looks at Joab and says, you better tell him to get off of me. And by that time, he turns around and sticks him through the fifth rib and kills him. You see, he was young and he was too full of himself and he died for it. But that warrior general didn't mess around. When Gideon captured the two kings, Midianite kings, king there was two kings, king and a prince, I believe. He said to his son, rise up and slay those two men. And the Midianite king says to his son, rise up and slay, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And it says, and Jether would not do it because he was a youth and he feared. 
And the next verse says, but Gideon arose and slew them. There was no, there was no thought behind it. You see, because he was a tempered weapon himself. You see, God allowed what happened yesterday with me. Now I know it'll be worked out because I know the Lord Jesus Christ. I know him in experience and I know him as my friend, my best friend. And I've seen the Lord. I've seen what Jesus does, not in my life, but I've seen him in the world. I've seen the Lord and the works of the Lord. And you know, this morning I saw in Psalm 111, it says, the works of the Lord are great, sought out of all them that have pleasure therein. His work is honorable and glorious and his righteousness endureth forever. He hath made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. When I read that this morning, I was reading it as an older saint. And I said, yea, Lord, these words are true and righteous and holy is your name you become you become a different person through the wars you're never the same when you enter into it you're scared but you build up power and you build up strength you build up faith you build up believing you build all of that but i'll tell you something let me tell you something what the Lord loves. He loves sincere obedience because obedience is the best sacrifice. He's not looking for you to do everything perfect. So stop trying. God just wants you to believe him, even in the heat and in the fire. And to stand believing that Jesus Christ will do the wonderful in the terrible in your life. Because once you belong to Jesus, the enemy will attack us. He will. But praise the Lord. We have a wonderful, wonderful warrior God, Jesus Christ. He loves us. And do you think for one minute that there is going to be anybody that will be in heaven for all eternity? That will be even one person that will say, but there was that one time Jesus let me down. And those things that we don't understand and that you don't understand will be answered in heaven. Watchman Nee said, I used to receive the hand and kiss. I used to receive from the hand of the Lord and be thankful for it. But now I just don't receive from the hand of the Lord. He said, I kiss the hand of the Lord. Job says in 1925 to 27, you know, he had a right to just be collapsed and fall apart with his loss. But this one scripture, these two verses always make me mount up with wings as an eagle. They give me power to run, to walk and not be weary, to run and not faint. He says, for I know that my Redeemer liveth and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God whom I shall see for myself and mine eyes shall behold and not another though my reins be consumed within me. You see, it's all about seeing. It's all about seeing the Lord. And when you are born again, you are able to see through the power of your Holy Spirit through his eyes. And we're going to feel the blast against the wall of our bodies. We're going to take hits here, hits there. But I'll tell you something. 
as long as I lived, I can now make them my own words. That David said, I have been young and now I'm old. And as long as I've lived, I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely and their seed are blessed. God wants you just like Job. I learned this in the battle. Hold fast your integrity. In the very beginning, it said, for he held fast his integrity. When his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? <clears throat> it said, Job held fast his integrity. And he said, you speak like a foolish woman. And that man took a great beating. And the saints that take great beatings, Christ takes them with you. He doesn't do anything separate from you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. Do you believe this? Because a day is going to come when you're in heaven. And you stand before the Lord who rescued you. And who redeemed your soul from hell. Redeemed your life from everything Satan did to you. And I just, I just think this in my heart. It's not going to be how many times did you go to church? How many times did you do this or you do that? But did you love my son? Did you walk in faith? Did you believe upon my son? Did you honor him with your life? Did you hold fast your integrity? Did you love my son? Because you see, when it comes down to it, the power of his love in you will be the very foundation that you walk upon. Christ, the firm foundation of your life. And in closing, one of the final words Spurgeon said, literally, to this world. He talked about first those who are lost. They're not clothed upon with Christ. They're just lost people who won't give up their sin that choose to walk on in darkness and refuse the light. But he says, but if you wear the livery of Christ, you will find him so meek and lowly of heart that you will find rest unto your souls. He is the most magnanimous of captains. There never was his like among the choicest of princes. He is always to be found in the thickest part of the battle. When the wind blows cold, he always takes the bleak side of the hill. The heaviest end of the cross lies ever on his shoulders. If he bids us carry a burden, he carries it also. If there is anything that is gracious, generous, kind, and tender, yea, lavish and superabundant, in love, you will always find him. He's going to get you out of it. Don't mark my words, mark his words. The Lord is on your side. That's what David said. And we know that he died in peace. And he's with the Lord today. And at rest. And you will see. You will see that victory rubber ink stamped upon every warfare, every battle, every countermand, every steadfastness of your life.
Praise the Lord. The wonderful and the terrible. Amen. God bless you. I mean it. God bless you. Maranatha.